This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. Kia friends. I'm Joanna Santa Barbara of Motueka, bringing you an eco-postcard. Each week, I send you a small snapshot of a few things going on in our world concerning the health of our beautiful planet. Sometimes it's good news and sometimes it's bad. Let's see what we have today. Oh, yes, I want to tell you about some of the good things that happened in the recent COP26 meeting in Glasgow in November. Uh, there was, I have to add, a good deal of disappointment with the outcome of this important meeting in that its primary purpose was to reach decisions that would result in our ability to stay below 1.5 degrees centigrade temperature increase. It failed in that, which is grave, uh, particularly for our kids and grandkids. We, we have to do better. And there was the resolution that the parties would meet again uh, in a year from now uh, to see if they could do better as needed. However, there were some good things that happened, and I'd like to tell you about them. There was the formation of a grouping called the Power Past Coal Alliance, And that brought together 48 countries and a, a total of 165 parties, actually, which included cities, regions, and businesses, uh, who promised to cooperate on transition away from coal. New Zealand, I'm happy to say, became a member of that. And it included, interestingly, some of the coal-dependent countries, such as Poland. However, there were some important countries, major coal users and exporters who did not join, and Australia, our rogue neighbour, didn't join. China, India, US did not join this. Coal is still producing about 35% of the world's electricity. Uh, and we have to uh, add in here, New Zealand is still issuing permits to explore uh, for oil and gas in uh, Taranaki. Another good thing that happened at COP26 was that 137 countries pledged to halt and reverse deforestation and land degradation by 2030. And New Zealand joined this grouping, which is good. Amazingly, so did Brazil. So we'll have to uh, watch this space to see whether Brazil acts on, on that pledge. Um, some of the not very good things that happened or became apparent at COP26 is that Carbon Action Tracker 
pointed out that New Zealand's new improved emissions reduction target is still inconsistent with staying below 1.5 degrees centigrade. In fact, they say no single country has sufficient short-term policies that would actually result in net zero, which is pretty appalling uh, when we're at 2022. Speaking of Carbon Action Tracker, this, this is the group that awards, I, th I think they award, awarded during the COP meetings, daily fossil fuel um, awards to countries that behave badly in this area. And oh dear, oh dear, New Zealand got one. And it, it had to do with our still issuing permits to explore for fossil fuels. I'm sorry to say this has got to stop. Okay, change of subject. The ozone hole, the dear old ozone hole, is recovering still, I'm happy to say. It's taking a long time, but it's still getting better, but it's still there. It still opens up every winter over the Antarctic and uh, especially makes New Zealanders vulnerable to the UV rays that the hole lets through. Um, but it, it's, it's an issue that we have to keep our eyes on uh, because uh, from time to time it emerges that some rogue operation or other somewhere in the world is going back to making the ozone-eating gases that did the damage in the first place. So we, we've got to keep watching this. Okay, finishing up with a very interesting example of complex ecosystem relationships having to do with whales and krill in the southern ocean around Antarctica. Before extensive whaling greatly reduced the numbers of whales in that area, there was, there was an interaction between, between whales and, the, and their prey fish, the tiny krill, uh, that I think only fairly recently became understood. The Southern Ocean is low in iron and krill need iron uh, to, um, to multiply. Uh, the whale excreta uh, are, are uh, rich in iron and they fertilize the ocean and produce more krill. I have to assume that because whales cover vast distances, they're, they're bringing the extra iron into the area from outside the area. So they bring more iron into, into the Southern Ocean, fertilize it for krill, producing more krill, therefore more food for whales who eat about a third of their body weight in krill each day, apparently. This is baleen whales who filter the krill 
out as they consume it. Humpbacks, minke, and blue. Um, before extensive whaling operations began, there was five times the biomass of krill in the Southern Ocean due to whale fertilization. Now, with restrictions on whaling, as whale numbers rebuild, krill biomass is rebuilding too, which is a cheerful note on which to end. I am Joanna Santa Barbara, and this has been an Eco Postcard. Eco Postcards is on Monday afternoons at 3.30 p.m. and Saturday mornings, 9.50 a.m. Till next week, bye for now. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.